and we're live hi guys welcome to another episode of nigerian sports fan podcast i'm your host david and today's episode well there's a lot more transfer news coming up um real madrid just won the super cup yesterday that's another feather in their cap another trophy you know i mean these guys are just winning everything and the the, the system they have the perfected their system so well they're gonna be dangerous this this coming season in la liga for sure they're gonna be very dangerous yeah, so um, we'll talk about that in a big story. We're gonna talk about that. I'm not, not gonna go deep into analysis of the game. I'm gonna talk about more of um, the way uh, Real Madrid have been able to. Maybe just in brief, I've talked about it before. I'll just talk about it a bit more. Maybe that's what I'll talk about in that segment. Then also, um, Man United have made a U-turn on Anatovic. The last time we recorded this episode, I talked about Anatovic to Man United, and um, turns out they made a U-turn true because of the uh, reaction from the fans. And yeah, I'm gonna talk about that. And then, but before, before that, we're going to do our Premier League segment. We're going to do, I'm going to preview all the games. Predictions? I don't know because <laughs> after the last one went, I mean, how many of my predictions went last went in last year, last last weekend, right? So I don't really know. I'm going to do it again though, anyways. We're going to talk about it depends on my knowledge, but yeah. So we'll definitely do that this episode. So without further ado, let's delve in. Okay, so let's start with the Premier League games. Now, um, there are no games this Friday. Um, unfortunately or fortunately, whichever team you support. Personally, I say unfortunately, there are no games this week, this on Friday. Because, um, I mean, I've been so stout with Premier League football, right? That I I just wanted to have... I just want to keep watching. That's how stout I've been for a long time. So I'm like, can we have a game on Friday? You know, I'm like, oh, now I have to wait for one more day before we get a game. But anyway, the first thing we're going to be having is Aston Villa versus Everton. Now, as you all know... Or if you don't know already, Gerard is under pressure. Maybe not from the club yet, but there's it's building up gradually. There are a lot of mumblings around, right? So you know what about the media is you know people don't catch up on things early. Now this isn't about the media. When you know you are in trouble, you, you could be in trouble, right? But you may not notice. Now when they begin, when you are in trouble is when they have nothing else to talk about, and they say, "Oh, we're fine." There's 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 somebody. There's somebody in the Midlands who looks at it. Let's look into his stats. That's what the media does. I remember very well um, Pochis, Pochettino's um, season. Season he got sacked. That was 1920, 2019 then. He, if you remember very well, I remember very well when Spurs were losing, were on those losing runs and then the crowds were peppered over by those Champions League wins, those Champions League runs. They were winning Champions League games every week. But on the weekends, they were losing games. Spurs were losing, losing. I think they were on the losing streak consecutively. That's how Spurs ended up they would have finished fourth, third, they were, around January, they were, they were told they were really in a strong position with lots of points ahead of other teams. And then the decline starts, I losing games weekly, 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 weekly. Nobody noticed that. Champions League probably cracks, right? Champions League fine. Everybody ignored most of all those things. The new season starts, that start was shared around every Premier League, among most Premier League um, teams, right? A lot of fans, they, heard, they saw the stats, a lot of fans shared it. But not really much of them didn't really talk about it. They all sort of ignored it and said maybe next season will be different. Now the new season starts, the problem starts. Nobody and the thing is the media never really focused on that. Now it took it took about two months or three months when Pretino got sacked in November, if I'm not mistaken. November, October, if I'm not mistaken. Now, Swords, that start wasn't shown. Now when the start began to be shown, we started, we started knowing those start, that start was when started, when the start became publicly um televised on media, media started focusing on it. Was when they had nothing else to talk about. Like, oh, like, there's a new thing to talk about. Now, so that's the point here. With Gerard now, I saw a start this morning before I recorded it. I saw a start that Gerard has 
identical start with Gary Neville at Valencia. That Gary Neville that got sacked. Now that is worrying. And this game against Everton, yes, is um if you if you are now there's there's a mini rivalry between um the fans of Liverpool and fans of Chelsea of Gerard and Lampard. So there's that mini rivalry there. So this is like their own <laughs> their own derby. <laughs> but I'm sure both of them have respect for each other. So both sides, their job is on the line. Now both sides they lost the game, their game on the first day. I would say this, right? The pressure on Lampard is not as much as the pressure is on Gerard. Because the Ger- Ger- Gerard's pressure, you know, Villa have a lot more money. No, I'm just they have a lot more money. Let's say they are a lot more stable. They are allowed to spend a lot more. Because Everton are not really allowed to spend that much. FFP rules and all that. So Everton has a bit of financial situation. Villa Villa have basically a better squad. I mean, they have basically a better squad than Everton. So the, the reason why they will be a lot more. And with Everton, a lot of people sort of expect Everton to battle, to be in that dogfight, the relation dogfight. So it's not really much of. Now, Gerard is the one that needs to win this game more than um, and Lampard. If you ask me, well, I'm going, I'm going for an Aston Villa win. I think Aston Villa have enough to to do, to win this game. I think they really do. They have enough to win this game because if you think about it, if you think about it, uh, better squad, Everton having jury crisis. I mean, um, last weekend they had to play Dele Ali up front. Cavalier is, is out injured. I think they have a new person here. They had to bring in, uh, they, Ben Goffrey got injured, right? So they had to bring in Kono Cody in. Who just got signed with um, Everton? So Everton have an injury crisis, and yes, they. I don't know if they have enough, but I. I think I would lean more. I think Aston Villa have enough to just really win this game. I think Aston Villa would be be enough to win this game. I'm going for one nil win. One nil is gonna be. It's, go, it's gonna be enough to just take the pressure off Gerrard's back for now. But I still think there's pressure on him. I still. I really do. I really think there's pressure on him, because um. Um, most fans, we might just take because now the stat is out there. People know this. The narrative is out there already that Gerard has been struggling since he joined. I mean, the first few games he joined in January, they looked good, and then after that, they started struggling. Most people didn't notice, you know. And you could argue that maybe the media had bigger fish to fry. But now there's no, there's now they're ready to fry the, they're ready to fry the small fries, <laughs> which is this story. So that's what's happening. But I think Aston Villa will have enough to win this game. And then this is the early kickoff on Saturday. And now uh, later, this obviously there'll be three games. You know the usual midday kickoff. Is it midday or um, is it midday or the afternoon or something? Afternoon. Let's say afternoon kickoff. I don't really know the, for the. Anyway, afternoon kickoff. So there's um, games at the same time. So there is um, Southampton versus Leeds, Arsenal versus Leicester, Brighton versus Newcastle, Manchester City versus Bournemouth, Wolves versus Fulham. These are all the games that happen at the same time now. Um, as a football fan, which one is possibly the one that will have more eyeballs? I think the Arsenal versus Leicester potentially have more eyeballs. Well, because both teams are they are close to evenly matched. Not, not they are close to being evenly. They are more evenly matched than maybe a Man City versus Bournemouth, right? And not like Brighton and Newcastle are not evenly matched. Not like Southampton and Leeds are not evenly matched. Not like Wolves and Fulham are not evenly matched. But it's a fixture that has one of the top, one of the big six playing, so it's very likely that it's going to have more eyeballs. Most people are going to be interested in this game, and Leicester, you know, you know. So that's exactly why I say that game is going to get more eyes. Because Salamton versus Leeds. Um, Leeds lost won their first game last week, and Salamton obviously go annihilated at um, Sports Stadium. But this is the thing I have. I I think with less with um, Salamton. Um, they have some issues, and you know I don't know how they will bounce back with this Salisu own goal. And then yes, I know Salisu. That's the first time he's scoring an own goal, though. I mean, I've seen him score an own goal before for 
for Southampton. But the, the thing yeah, the issue here I have is, you know, I don't know if they will have enough to be able to pull Leeds away because Leeds looked quite good, you know, last weekend. And they look like trying to kick on from where they started, they left off last season, right? I think Leeds are going to win this game. I'm going with a Leeds away win. I think I'll go one nil. One nah. I don't think I don't think Leeds have enough to keep a clean sheet. I think Southampton have enough to score a goal. Maybe a free kick from both prowls. I'll go a two two draw. Two two draw. I think I'll go two two. Two two draw is what I'm going for this game. And the next one is Arsenal versus Leicester City. Now my bias is going to show. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hate that my bias is going to show, though, but I will try to be as objective as possible, right? This this game sort of looks like an Arsenal win. You know why? Um, this is why. I, I, it looks like an Arsenal win. It looks like. This is why I said so, right? Um, I think Arsenal have a better record against Leicester at home, if I'm not mistaken. They tend to find a way. But, 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 last season Leicester had a lot of injury issues, right? And you know, a lot of their new guys are back. Yes, they drew against Bournemouth and they Brentford last week and they threw away a, a, a lead, right? But Vardy, but this is the thing. Last weekend, this is the thing I have with Arsenal. I said, "Why well, I think it looks like an Arsenal win?" But this is the thing I want to talk about. Right? Against Crystal Palace last weekend, I mentioned in the last episode. I said, "If Crystal Palace have a better finisher, somebody up front, right? That game will probably be a draw, or a Crystal Palace win." Because I remember, if you remember, they buried a chance, the chance that he missed, and Crystal Palace getting on the end of a lot of chances that they could have done, made better decisions. You know, and then there were times where they were dominating the game, creating chances, but there was nobody on that end to really put it away. There's no extra, that extra that Crystal Palace were missing. Do Leicester have that with Vardy? You know, obviously they have Madison, they have Madison who's going to play, his feet. So they're going to have, and Jewsbury Hall, who scored last weekend against, um, against these guys, Brentford last weekend, and he looked really good. So I don't really know if it's if it's a given. Fofana is likely going to be playing. So I don't know if it's a given. I think Leicester have enough. Is the Leicester goalkeeper I'm not really convinced about. And that's the thing here. And then with Gabriel Jesus, you know, people are thinking, I don't really know if he's going to score in this game yet. Because um, he's not really going to be prolific. I don't really know if he's going to score. I don't really know. But I would say this, right? Even if... It looks like an Arsenal win, right? Because Arsenal may have enough to just see how this game and win. Maybe because not because Leicester are a bad team, but I mean, there's the home advantage, and then there's the there's the um the, the ten, look, look at how Leicester threw away two goal lead last weekend over Brentford, right? So it's those kind of little little details that will just makes you worry for Leicester and their goalkeeper again is another new factor. Well. I'm going with a draw. I'll go with a draw. I think 1-1 draw. I think Arsenal may score first. And then Leicester might just get one late goal or something. Or choose another game. I think that thing's going to be a draw. I really do. And then Brighton versus Newcastle here. Yeah. This has a Brighton win. Brighton win. I'm, I'm sorry, man. Brighton's going to win this game. This is why I think Brighton's going to win. Um, Brighton have... Um, clearly, they're, they're off the back of their win over... Um, um, off the back of their win over over Manchester United. Now with Newcastle, Newcastle won last week 2-0 over beat Nottingham Forest. But this is in with, with Nottingham Forest right? and Newcastle, right? Last weekend, Newcastle were at home. Now they're playing against the Georges on opening day at home. It's gonna be very difficult, especially for a new promoter side. So it's not really it wasn't really a surprise that Newcastle won. 
even though I did not really take that into consideration when I was sort of predicting this game last weekend, the game against Newcastle and Nottingham Forest, but I think this one, Brighton looks like, I mean, if you look at the way they play, apart from the way they played last weekend, they went to Old Trafford and really bust that midfield. Moises Caicedo was good, Pascal Gross was good, and Welbeck up front was really pulling the strings, right? It was linking up play, spraying good passes, and they got through sad. So it's... It's not really out of the ordinary to really expect Brighton to really pick up points in this game. I just win this game. I think 1-0. I think 1-0. I really do. It looks like a kind of tight game. Because if, if you look at the game between Newcastle and Nottingham Forest, it was more of a game of margins, right? This is what I said was more of a margin. Was, the teams were sort of evenly matched until maybe maybe until this guy scored the long ranger, Fabian Shah scored that long ranger. And then the second goal coming from um, uh, Callum Wilson, good movement in the box though, but that was good finishing. It looks more like Newcastle where it was more... Yeah, Newcastle were dominating the time. They looked better, yes. But it looks more like that than maybe Newcastle outrightly beating the hell out of, you know, Nottingham Forest. But I think Brighton are going to win this game. I really do. I think Brighton are going to win one Man City versus Bournemouth. Need I say more? <laughs> Need I say more? I mean, I'm going for... Let's say Haaland hat-trick. Or Haaland... I don't think Haaland was quite a hat-trick, though. He might. I mean, come on, he might. But I think a Man City win. I'm going with a, with a really... I'm not going to go with the heavy scoreline because Bournemouth are not really as careless as they were under Eddie Howe defensively back then where they would just go out and really open up. I think they look a lot more defensively better under than they were in the last time in the Premier League under um, Scott Parker. And Scott Parker at Fulham, remember very well, Fulham, I mean, their Fulham side, they were, under Scott Parker, they were quite difficult to beat. They were not very easy to beat. Scott Parker really played really well, managed that Fulham side really well. So I expect this game to be, I think Man City is going to win, but I expect it to be a lot more difficult for Man City. It's not really going to be a kick in the, it's not going to be a kick in the park, a kick about in the park where you're going to just breeze through them. Like you're going to, like you're going to, like we're breezing through Norwich, breezing through Leeds last season. I think they're 2-0 win again. I think just like last weekend, they beat West Ham 2-0. I think it's going to be another 2-0 win for Man City. Then we have Wolves versus Fulham. Now, um, Fulham really surprised me last weekend, but this is a thing. Jao Palinia in midfield, it's somebody I'm going to be looking out for, right? And Mitrovic is going to be looking out for. Now, these two guys are very important to Fulham, right? Especially Palinia. Because remember the last time when Fulham went in the league, again, I'll say it again. I don't know if I'm going to say it again. Last time they in the league, they missed somebody like that in the middle. And now they have that in Palinia. With Fulham, with um, Wolves now, yes, they lost last weekend. They're going to be looking to come back. And they just signed Goncalo Guedes. Goncalo Guedes. Who's gonna, you know, give them an extra, an extra option up front in attack and make them look a lot more better in attack? But this is the thing I have with Fulham. This is the thing I, I think about Fulham, right? I think, you know, uh, with Mitrovic scoring, scoring two goals last weekend, he's gonna have this, like this extra confidence about him. Yeah, he's gonna believe, and he might end up keeping them up. You know, I, I don't, I, even though I predict Fulham to go down, <laughs> but um, how they played last weekend, I was like, listen, I don't really think they might. Because they really gave Liverpool a game and they look really fearless. I'm going away to Wolves. Yes, it's a whole different ball game. They're away from home and all that. I get it. But I think Wolves might. I think I, I think Fulham might be able to carry on for their form because they're a lot more confident. A draw. I mean, that last weekend. If they played where they play against Liverpool, I think this game would be able to win this game against where I think. I think an away 2 0 win. Away win 2 0. I think 2 0. I'm going with goals from Mitrovic. Well, I'm actually mentioning names. This is wonderful. <laughs> I'm going to be, I think I might put Mitrovic in my FPL team. 
Uh, I think I'm going with Mitrovic. Goals from Mitrovic and um, maybe somewhere, somewhere random like Kotova Reed or Niskin Skebano. Any of those two. <laughs> yeah, any of those two. Yeah, I, I actually like pronouncing that name, Niskin Skebano. I really like pronouncing that name. <laughs> Anyways, Brentford and Manchester United. Now, <laughs> this game, most United fans are probably looking, probably going to be scared about this game. Not because. Um, normally, it's not scared of Brentford, but it is the fact that you don't know the United to expect, you don't know the version to expect. I expect United to be able to win this game. I expect, you know, Ericsson to be able to assist. It's, a, it's sort of a reunion for Ericsson, though, because he played for them last season. United won this game 3 0 last, although it was at Old Trafford. But, I mean, the, the, the last time they played Brentford was at Old Trafford, though, but they won 3 0. But this one is this, right? I don't really know if, you know, um, Brent, my, Brentford might be able to beat them. I think my United might have enough on the day to beat them. I'll be very surprised if Brentford. I'll be very surprised if Brentford win. Yes, Brentford came back from two goal down and they drew this game, drew their last game. But I expect my United to bounce back and you know get like a one new win or something. Even though my United are misfiring, you know I expect Ronaldo to be back. I expect Ronaldo to start. I expect Ericsson to be able to feed off, feed assist to Ronaldo. I expect Fernandez to be back. I expect United to win this game 1-0 or even 2-1. I really do. Um, the Wolves versus Fulham game, I think I think Wolves might score 1. So I probably get to Fulham 2, Wolves 1. The Nottingham Forest versus West Ham, yeah, I think West Ham are going to win this game. I think they have enough to beat Nottingham Forest away from home. Yes, Nottingham Forest are at home. It's going to be difficult to play against um, a promoted side. But I really think it's going to be... Um, I think it's going to be enough. I think West Ham are going to win this game too. too. 2-0, maybe Kamaka probably starts or Antonio is going to start, any of the two but I think their strike, whoever starts as a striker is going to score and then maybe Jared Bowen is going to score the second for West Ham I think it's going to be a 2-0 win then Chelsea versus Tottenham Hotspurs well, listen, I don't want to predict this game because this is clearly, <laughs> you know what I'm going to say should I <laughs> you know what, I will <laughs> yes, it's biased, I agree it's biased <laughs> to be fair, but listen I'm gonna take it with, let's take it with the bias, right if you're approaching this game, if you're trying to analyze this game and looking at how off the back of how last weekend's result went, you would say sports are having in the bag, sports will probably win this game 3-0. But this is the thing about this game fixture, right? It's a London derby. Listen, sports sports and Chelsea really hate each other. It's not even, trust me, it's not even a debate. They really that's one of the reasons why I've always said Chelsea versus Arsenal is not really... I don't really consider that derby seriously. I don't really take it serious. In fact, Chelsea versus most other London teams. Yes, maybe the teams in those places might take it seriously. But because of looking at how, you know, the way Chelsea fans tend to give those teams attention, compared to... I would say they hate sports more than they hate those other teams. For example, Chelsea versus Arsenal, looking at how they will play and then they start singing about how much they hate sports... I, I call it the the hate sports derby because it's mostly just hold hands together and start singing about how much they dislike sports, um, da, 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 and then they don't care about the results as long as they hate sports. That's what concerns them, and that's why I feel like listen, I don't really know if that derby should. But you say this Chelsea versus sports derby, they hate each other. Both clubs don't do business. They don't transfer. It. I mean Chelsea Arsenal they do business every time. They transfer players cross each other across the clubs. Each other. Chelsea West Ham they cross. But sports are the ones who those teams don't do business with, right? They just cross. They don't. You don't cross. You can't even do it. It's not easy. If you look at Chelsea, the last sport, the last person I know that possibly crossed was a free agent, which is who got spoiled. Then if you look at West Ham, right? It was Scott Parker. Then with Arsenal, it was So Campbell, who is very much hated to this very day. 
So with Sokam, I think there's Galas. There's Galas. It's a deep, I think you think that really cross divide though. Galas didn't really cross it, if I'm not mistaken. But what I'm saying is, if you look at all these teams over the years, you know, um, you know, if you crossing those, crossing that divide into sports from these two, is not really. It's almost impossible. Even when they even tried with Modric, and then most recently with Hurricane. Hurricane was, but never like listen. Don't even bother yourself, right? <laughs> the point I'm making is this, right? It's not out of the ordinary to really um, expect sports to just go there and just win this game because um, the all-time sports is favor. I mean, you have um, Kulusevski up front who, because at his stance, right? If you look at sports, as it stands at the time of recording, Chelsea do not really have a recognized number nine who is a goal threat. Yes, they have. Um, they just lost Werner. Timo Werner just went back to RB Leipzig. But there's a uh, Broja, but they're like gonna play Harvest there up front, right? So it's not really it's not really number nine, it's more of like um similar to a Ram Data, that kind of profile kind of player, right? And then you've got uh, you've got um Seth Sterling on the wings, right? This is on Sunday though, you got Sterling on the wings waiting, and you've got um you've got um on the wings, you've got Pulisic. Yes, they score goals, but their their productivity is more reliant is reliant on a certain way. The way things things have to for example, Eric's so Sterling making some kind of runs and then being picked out because of those runs is where if I, during the time at Man City, Sterling used to benefit of that. The burner used to pick out those runs from him off that he used to make. And that's what I'm talking about with Sterling. Then with um then with um yeah, there are wing backs, yes, the Yoga Kukurella, who's who's you know, who my who's you know, had a lot to them. So yes, Chihuahua started that game last weekend, but we don't really know if that's gonna be the case with if it's not gonna be Kukurella instead, who's gonna really play that position? So we don't really know. And then Kulibali, but basically offensively, Chelsea don't really look convincing. They didn't look convincing last. They had they nearly the penalty to beat Everton last weekend. Then if you look at the way Spurs played against Southampton, they were very convincing. They really played really well. They looked like they knew what they were doing. They looked like they really spent time with their manager. And, you know, and another thing was Kulibali was the star of that game. But Kane and Son, right? They didn't get going in that game, but there were glimpses of them going. So it's this, right? It's a new level of sports, right? You now have to worry about Kane and Son's partnership. You have to worry about Kulusevski, man. You have to worry about Kulusevski can also feed Kane and Son. Then you have to worry about the wing backs who are the extra attack. So it's a really different ball game entirely. You know, if we was if it's just what are gonna win this game three 0 well, it's not out of the ordinary. It's not ordinary to really expect that to happen. But don't forget, it's a derby, and Chelsea really have a very good record, especially at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea have a good record in this game, a very very good record. I'm talking. I think last time Spurs won was 2018 at the Bridge. They won 3-1, and before Spurs won that game 3-1, Spurs had to go back to 1990 before they won. So that was like their first win in 28 years. Is it 1990 or 1990? In the, I know it was the early 90s. Basically, 28 or 30 years. Either of those two. So, sports, that was the last time sports had, sports had to go back to then. To, that was, yeah, it was 1990. I think it was 1990. Sports had to go back to 1990 before they had won. Before they won. That was the last time sports won. So, Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Have a, and last season, Chelsea won all the games against sports, right? They won... They won at the bridge, they won at the lane, they won they won both legs in the Carabao Cup. So Chelsea absolutely dominated this fixture last season. Yes, you could argue that this was a very abysmal. I mean, last season, the first game it was in Nuno's Nuno's era, right? Then the second game at the bridge, Swords had a good disallowed though, but then again, you know, it was more of a whatever. That good disallowed from Kane. But the team that was lined up with in that game was so bad. Jesus Christ. I mean, there was Doggetty, there was Tanganga. Well, I mean, bad. Not like Doggetty was bad, but it was unba- imba- unbalanced. It was really bad. 
Sanganga, Wings, Lucell, so Jesus Christ, a lot of guys who Spurs want to sell. I think Reggie played that game, if I'm not mistaken. So it's probably like 4-4-2, Bergwijn up front, Son was even injured. They just turned up with basically, that was the last time Spurs went to the bridge. And even though you look at all the games, so there's a complete difference. And they sort of, at that time Spurs was trying to find their so Spurs sort of found their way in February. And January was the last time these two teams met. So if you look at, you know, the fixtures over the two legs and over the games, well, kind of, you kind of, listen, you know, you can, you can't really, if you go off the start last, you can't really use that to really judge this game. But there's history, there's, there's heritage, there's history. But then again, prior to the game against Everton, Chelsea were struggling to beat Everton and Everton, Everton was always, so it, those things tend to be broken. So it's it's just not. I would go for a sports win. I'm, I would I would go for a sports win even if I didn't really even if there was no. Let's say I took out bias and everything, right? Because because pr- prior to now you would watch games and then you would know that okay, you you would just know things that are going to happen in certain games, right? If you watch games in your heart, you just watch and say okay, this is what I think will happen. But with Chelsea, with the way currently, if because Chelsea might sign Dijon and you know things may change, they might sign Bamiyang and things may change. Depends, you know. But as, as the time of recording, with the teams that are available, that I really know that both sides have access to, at the time of recording, it's gonna be Spurs winning this game, right? Yes, at the bridge, they, 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 yeah, that's what I think though. But yeah, and the last game of the day is Liverpool versus Crystal Palace. Now, Liverpool, I think Liverpool are itching to get back to winning ways. Unfortunately for Vieira, um, it's gonna be a very difficult game. But, 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 Liverpool have injury issues already, so they've lost um, Thiago Alcantara already. And now, obviously, you remember how last weekend Henderson was really bad, and now I think they've, some of their players are out injured, so they have some issues already. Now, they, they are they gonna play Javi Elliott in that position, but he's not Alcantara, so means Henderson is gonna play a lot of games. And is still gonna play a lot of games. Yeah, they might play Milner a lot more. He's an aging midfield though, but Liverpool, I don't, I don't think it's a walk in the park. Obviously, Crystal Palace will be hoping for Chick the Curry to be available for this game, but they still have Miljevic. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that name. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that name. Mispronouncing that name. I'm very sorry. So they might have that guy available. Are Liverpool gonna win this game? I might be tempted to say Liverpool going to win this game. It's Anfield. They're going to want to bounce back. I think Liverpool going to win. I think Liverpool going to win this game. I think they are. I'll go for a 2 0 win Liverpool. I really do. Uh, I think they'll win this game. I think they have enough to win this game. I'm sorry, Crystal Palace. They might get points eventually, but it's, it looks like it's a tough start. I mean, Arsenal Liverpool on your first two games. Most people don't really expect you to pick up points, but you really expect to see certain level of play and hope that, okay, fine, we know this. We, we This is what we see and what we're going to think they're going to bring to the table. But, I think Crystal Palace will, I think gonna, they might lose this one. They might put up a fight, but I think Liverpool have enough in the, to win this game. Yeah, but anyway, that's enough for the preview of the games. Let's go to our big story segment and then we'll talk about the love transfer updates in, at length and then we'll close out today. So um, I'll see you guys on that side of the show. Okay, so let's start with some sports updates. Well, um, I saw I saw an update from Core Sports, right? That um, as you all know, sports are still out to look. Sports are already out trying to sign um, Zaniolo, right? And the funny thing about Zaniolo is this, right? I I sort of um, expected you know the story like this to come out because the narrative that Mourinho is trying to block the move. Not that Mourinho is trying to keep him because he's clearly playing a lot in preseason. Looks like he's somebody 
Mourinho wants to put in his plans. So I don't really know why they're trying to put in that Mourinho is a bit bitter. I'm like, sorry, man. It's he's one of their best players. I'm very lucky to know you have to pay top dollar to get him. But I, again, with Zaniolo, I was sort of confident, you know, with the sign because I was thinking, you know, Roma fans and the issues. Um, I was thinking maybe the style of play and maybe he might because I remember last season there, were, there was a bit of, you know rumblings i'm not saying they, they fell out no they, not like it fell out but there were some talks some rumors that you know some fans were like saying oh zaniolo is lazy not like all of them though but there was some kind of narratives that we put out there maybe he's not putting in, in enough you know but i think eventually that that got put to bed so far that's going to put to bed because precision he has been participating a lot so does that mean that the way, because syria starts this weekend does that mean that Mourinho has seen him as part of his plans you know, and that's where yeah, yeah, I I'm not surprised that he's sort of trying to change the book. But if they pay the money they want, I think Roma would consider it. I think Spurs I think the news that came out was that Spurs offered a loan plus option to buy for twenty million pounds and that was rejected immediately. Obligation or something like that. I think it's not for that from the truth. A deal like that, a deal will be done close to that. As close to that that fee. I think a deal can be done. Um with Spurs, you know, if if depend on if um, Zanil is willing to come and all that, but then again, if Thomas has if he feels appreciated and if he feels like he can do enough, you know, at at Roma. Let's say a week ago or maybe some days ago, I was sort of confident about this happening, but I'm sort of worried that this is not going to happen. Then again, it's the way transfers happen, you know, it's the way negotiations happen. Teams play, teams might think, you know, um, they want to keep their players. So it sort of wants to happen. But nothing is a given. You know, nothing is a given, and that's just it. And then with Destiny, with Doji, I think it's with Doji. I, 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 I think it's with Doji. Check Destiny with Doji. Um, well, it's medical. Is I think sports are finalized. This deal has happened. Both sides are coming. It's gonna happen. And then he's gonna play against um, AC Milan, obviously, this weekend with Udinese. He's gonna send back on loan to Udinese. And then next week, Tuesday, according to Fabio Romano, he's gonna get, he's gonna do his medical. And then Spurs may announce it next week. But the way this week has run so fast, it's amazing that, you know, it's really amazing. But I'm not surprised because next week, um, it might just come quickly and then he gets announced and, you know, I know that. So, because I think, according to the report, Spurs went to do the medical in Italy and then they sign him. But I think they want to bring him over and then he comes to the medical in England and then he will send him back. But I think the deal is going to be done. Both sides already know it's going to be done and that's it for me. And then with Real Madrid Super Cup win yesterday. Well, let me, let's go, let's talk about sports quickly before I just move to other part. And now speaking of Tazaniolo, there's Paqueta. Now I'm sorry for that Paqueta. Leon have reduced the asking price to 30, 40 million pounds. Well, um, I don't know. But the fact that he's one of the options of sports... Might be somewhat something they fall back on if Zanelli doesn't work out. But I, I would really looking at looking at the way Zanelli has looked so far in preseason and looks like maybe his ACL. I'm not worried about the ACL injury issue that much. But looking at the way he has looked so far, it's not really not really a surprise if people want that deal to happen. But if it doesn't happen, it's likely to be Paqueta, depending on depending on who is who is if he's still available at that time or if he still wants to to, to come. Yeah, and then with. Um, we've got um, now. Let's let me just go around the the um, the so will I use what rejected for? I think <laughs> or the that I, I wouldn't say, but it's the four, the four I know, the four as you all know, Ndombele, Lo Celso, Region, Region, and Harry Wings. So, Harry Wings, according to I, I was checking out Dan Dan Kilpatrick's um, for this morning, right? 
then he said you know wings was obviously was shared by it sports and sports handle where he was tagged in his report to my sports account and he said um wings has been monitored by valencia but putting it in a bid is where the issue comes so it means there's at least there's interest but it's it's surprising that there's not much you know maybe because they say he's rejecting obviously there'll be interest right depending on the level of the club he wants to depends, maybe he might be rejecting maybe he might want the best club possible for himself depends though but i'd be very surprised if um and, and another thing with Winks uh, is this, right? A lot of fans think that maybe I don't think there's a chance for him staying. Whereas clearly, it's precise. I mean, this guy is four of them. There's no chance. They didn't participate in precision. They're training on their own. So if you go in precision, how are you going to really play? Especially when you didn't go, they didn't go for any precision game. They just trained all summer, trained on their own. It was just the biggest indication that, listen, you're not part of my plans. Although, Danny Rose, somebody, they did that to Danny Rose, and Danny Rose still ended up playing in the 19th season. However, however, however. If I'm being honest with you, um, Danny Danny Rose's situation was very different because that period, suppose had the left back issue and they were not stacking the positions. But in that moment, suppose are well stacked, you know, in terms of personnel and looking looking like it would bring in somebody more, so one more person, you know, it's quite we were stacked in that position. So I don't really, even if they're not even one person, they're very well stacked. You know, there's already four persons battling for that spot. You got um, Bentacore, Basuma, Hoybier. And um, skip, so they are four already for that position. They're already battling it out already so within themselves. So it's not really a position that that they really need need him like that. Yeah, and speaking of other midfielders, Lucelso to Villarreal. I think that loan is very. I think very interesting. I think interested, but he sort of pulled out, and then it's going to be a clean run, a clean a clean ride or an open road for Villarreal to try to to get to get Lucelso. Now with Lucelso, it's going to be a loan. To what I'm reading, well, maybe next summer is gonna be maybe the, he might do well again, and then the up, the price for him might go up a bit more. But I think this, this deal is one that sports will just end up loaning and loaning and loaning if they don't get him a domain, end up loaning, 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 loaning till he till his contract exceeds the contract till during the duration of his contract. They might just loan him out, loan him out for duration of his contract. But I would be very surprised if if a deal is not done with Villarreal but I think it's one of those things that is going to happen it's a matter of time we just keep waiting and then Ndombele was offered to Newcastle but the Howie this is all from Daniel Kilpatrick's um, report though um, so um, Newcastle Ndombele for Newcastle and Ndombele didn't Eddie Howie was unconvinced now um, the Reggion also to Brighton Brighton are interested he's going to get him to replace Kokoraya I think that's a good move for him though if he wants to join you know, in terms of style of play, he might play a lot more. He might see a lot of game time. You know, it depends on depends. It depends. It all depends. But listen, I find it surprising that these players, especially uh, Lucas and Dombele, right? They have stands, diehard stands. In fact, all these four players have diehard stands. But I'll go. I'll start with Dombele. Dombele and Lucelso, or first, Dombele have diehard fans. There are people who literally have his picture on their bio, like he's some world class player. They always talk about oh, his potential. Da da da. Well, he's 26, if I'm not mistaken. He's turning 27, very 27 is not oh, it's 27, but it's 26 currently, right? I mean, this is the time you've reached, you've already achieved your potential. You think you're gonna be so it's like gonna be another Delta Rapt, but anyways, with Ndombele, right? He's currently 26 on course to from it's not 26 already, currently 26 or almost 26. Either way, 25 26, let's just put in that range. His potential was also seed by now, it's also really big. Standard alone, the walker, it has a lot of stands. And it's surprising that everybody's turning him down. It's not because 
I think a lot of it comes with the, the training issues he was put on. The fact that he's not really very. And then people will say, I remember Kimberly Panel on Twitter. He tweeted that he might try and get him a pen with Bruno Gimaresh. But if he can't complete 19 minutes, what's the point of having Dombele? That's the thing. He would play a certain amount of and then he just gets tired. He's very talented. See, Dombele, right? If he had like 10% or maybe 5% or, or 1% of Ronaldo's work ethic, 1% of Ronaldo's work ethic, he'd probably be the best midfielder in the world, right? In his position. If, in, sorry, in the Premier League, he'd probably be one of the best in the world. Maybe in the Premier League. In terms of you know work ethic, if he had that work ethic in him, but it's just probably that kind of player that he also always says, oh man, you know I'm just here, I'm here. Doesn't really take it too seriously, and it's disappointing though for some of his talent to really do that. Yeah, and with Lucelso, it's the same thing. Whenever we say Lucelso, whenever Lucelso, whenever somebody says on the belly is a bad player, they say, oh it's not bad, it's just this. How come he's not getting injured? With Lucelso, the same thing. Lucelso is not a bad player, it's just this. How come Lucelso is not getting interest? From teams now, if you all thought he's you, all of you said he's good, he's this, is the best thing since sliced bread. Why is he not getting interest from teams, right? Why is Lucelso's why is he only Villarreal? Why is why are clubs not lining up to try and sign him? Reggie on to the same thing. I mean, this is the thing, even Wings, too. This is what I said for me. If you don't know your player is very good, put them in the transfer market and see the amount of clubs, see the kind of clubs that are interested. And, no, see the amount of clubs that are interested and see the kind of clubs that are interested, whichever way you put, whichever one you put in the order. So the kind of clubs are interested in signing him. Now, once you've answered those questions, you will know if you have a quality player or not. And the thing is that sports, these players are not—they don't really. You know, like you know, if your player is really as good as you think he is, that's what I would say. And and for me, sports haven't really gotten that with these two guys. You know, with the way they, with these four guys actually so far, you know, sports are really struggling. But it's, it's looking like that kind of that kind of transfer deal that the kind of their transfer is something that the sports might just ready to wait out and see. If, like, they know the window. I think it's going to drag on. See, they know the window. We're going to wait and then we'll see. We'll know if these guys will still be here. That is what it looks like to me, though. But, anyways, that's my, my take on these guys. And then with Brian Hill and, um, um sorry, Papi Matasa, both of them are going to be going out, likely going out on loan, which I, I fully support. I really support. If they go out on loan, I really support it. I, th- I think they need loans for their development. I, I don't think young players should really be sitting on the bench. And obviously, even though I think there's a, there's a certain age you have to get to, then people are like, listen, if you're not going to your potential, now it's time to really go. It's time to go. I think with those two guys, they might just really go out on loan and then they might just, you know, do their thing. I think a loan, loan move. I think with, with Brian Hill, hopefully, I think with both of them, if Bright, if a club like Brighton could sign both of them on loan, I think it would be really good. Um, Premier League teams, yeah, both Premier League teams, style of play, and or even if Paramatasa got a loan at maybe a club like Bournemouth or Fulham, either way, those two teams will be good for him. He'll be able to fight hard, get his spot, fight to try and fight to get his spot in his team. With Brian Hill, also any of all these teams, you know, in Premier League, I think the Premier League loan will be better for them to really go out. But Brian Hill looks like someone that Valencia are interested in, and then um, yeah, we'll see how that goes though. Then maybe because one is replacing Gonzalo Gredesh, well. That's very likely to happen. I'm not surprised if it happens. But yeah, so I think that's all I have to do with sports. Now let's talk about. Um, let's. I, I think I'll talk about the Manchester one last. Talk about or the Manchester one last. No, Real Madrid one is the last one I talk about. Now we have a manual Dennis building to Nottingham Forest, um, which is this not too long. I think this morning already. Nottingham Forest. I mean, how many people are going to be signing? They're probably going to be one of the highest spenders. Jesus Christ! I mean, these guys are spending money. But it's cool though. I mean, you have to stay in the league. I really think they will stay up. I think they will. Stay up. Um, they, if they get Dennis in, I think it will boost up the attack. But I'm surprised that Wooney didn't really start the last game. I was really surprised because I had him in my FPL team. 
and then with um um um, we've got um what is it? I'm forgetting what I'm saying here. Then Obama Young to Chelsea. I mentioned that when I was talking about when I was in the preview. Obama Young to Chelsea and um De Jong to Chelsea. Um, with De Jong, with Obama Young, Obama Young had a very good goal scoring record under Thomas Tuchel at um Dortmund. Very good goal scoring record. Now obviously he's in his thirties now, so he's not at the same age, possibly not the same level of the same kind of record. I think he was like twenty six or twenty five, you know, around that range. When he was under Tuchel at Dortmund, but the Romanian version of Romanian you probably be getting now is you know a different one. But you know the ability to finish goals, you don't know. But the thing is, we don't know if we'll get that though. But but that's just one thing about that's the thing about Romanian here. We don't know the version we'll get. I mean Barcelona already. I think he started well, like he on fire, scoring, 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 and then sometimes he just dried up. I think he scored two goals or a hat trick against Real Madrid. I think he got two goals against Real Madrid. Some good goals. Now for Chelsea, you know, maybe they might play him a certain way, and you know, if he's finishing, my I don't know if he's, he might not be as sharp as he was, but I think he's, as a striker, he's better than the one option that they've currently got. So I can understand why they're trying to get Aubameyang. Then with De Jong, I think they said seventy million pounds they're going to meet the offer. De Jong at Barcelona is very at Barcelona is a very serious situation, right? Barcelona need to they want to offload him. They want to register their players in time. La Liga, you know, the all rules, the usual stuff. So, either he wants to either reduce his wages or they want him sold. And they're trying to do anything possible to make sure. I mean, it's amazing how the fans have turned against the young. This is why I find it surprising when fans of those kind of things expect loyalty from players. I mean, the player, how do players actually feel when they look at the young, the way the young is being treated? How do the others feel? Because he's been treated like he did evil. I mean, he's literally asking, he's a player, paid his wages, right? He's asking for even look at Braithwaite. Look at how Braithwaite has been treated, right? The way they were booing him. He's been paid salary. He needs his salary, right? And then he, the fans are trying to. And I saw a video where the fans were even abusing him when he was driving out. I was like, are you kidding me? Most of you who are, in, if you're in his shoes, you'll do the same thing. A club is owing you a, club, a million, possibly one of the richest clubs in the world is owing you money, right? That you should be. That is your wages that you've worked for that is due to you, and you're upset that the player is asking for it. Because of what your love, if both of you were in the shoes, you would do exactly the same thing. So where exactly is this? Why is this energy towards the guy? Something that's what the I'm wondering. I'm wondering the other players will feel watching the way the young is being treated and asking themselves. I don't. I don't know why sometimes when I see fans talking about loyalty, loyalty. Well, eh, it's footballers are just loyal to you know. I would say who pays their wages. It's a career at the end of the day. You have to hold your end of the bargain. You can't really go in and start doing emotions. You're gonna get fleeced if you do that. So it's just it for me. But yeah, that's my, my take on on the Dijon to, to Chelsea thing. But I think it'll be a good signing for them, especially when you. And then this sort of worry is why it's worrying for Gallagher though, because Gallagher, um, he might not start for Chelsea a lot, but if Dijon coming in, he might just push Gallagher for them. Gallagher might have to go out on loan, or just leave Chelsea as a team. But it depends. Though. It depends on what, what we. Depends. Depends if they get the young though, but we'll see. Yeah. And then um, before I go today, let's talk about my United um deal. Now they're about to get a general bill already, as you know. But they they didn't they turned back, they had they made a U-turn on Anatovich. I think the reaction from the fans was the reason why. But I can understand them listening to their fans, but this sort of spring if if this this screams of them not really knowing what they're doing because if you're really convinced, you're not really able to listen to the fans. If you want to sign this player, you don't really care about the fans. You know, if it's, it's in terms of vulnerability, yes, another is not a guy 
he's not a good guy. But if he's, he's this just that he's not who they want to sign. He looks like a panic kind of buy. Oh yeah, this was a little buy. You know that kind of vibe. I don't think they're doing. They're playing, and that's why it's just surprising. You know the way they move. But Rabi, look at Rabi for example, right? They are still signing Rabi anyway. That's what we are hearing from fans. They are still signing him anyways. My, my point is, if Rabi, if another was who they really wanted, but yes, you could argue that Rabi is not who they really they wanted. The young Rabi is more like a fullback option. But I'm saying that. You know, if you look at it, Anatovich is not somebody they really wanted. You know, it's, you know, it's not somebody they really wanted. It's more of like, it looks like a panic option and then it doesn't work out and then the fans react and then they turn back. Because if it was fans' reaction, look at the reaction of, from the fans towards the Rabiot signing and look at how they are going, going with it anyways. It's just it's just my take on the whole thing though. But I, Rabiot is better than McTominay though. That's the thing. But... There are many players who are better than McTominay. I think you know, you'll be worried about trying to get better players rather than just getting players who are just better than the ones that they have. And that's because the bar is really that low. Yeah. Before I go today, let's talk about the Real Madrid Super Cup. Real Madrid. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Bernardo Silva is about to stay at Man City. Bernardo Silva to Barcelona. I think I saw a report that Barcelona, they've agreed a deal. I'm worried. I'm surprised that Barcelona is still trying to get some more signings. The better situation. It's just surprising. But, anyways, what we call football heritage. But Barcelona trying to get um, Silva. I think he, he made a comment yesterday on his future. I don't know how that went though, but that's what we, we saw yesterday though. He made some comments about his future and all that. And then I think like an interview or something. About him not wanting to leave or something like that. Something along those lines. But I think it's a deal that if it's done, it's done. I think they might, we might, I have to watch the domino effect of um, De Jong leaving Barcelona. It's what might make me know if Bernardo Silva will stay at Man City or not. It looked like it for me, but I'm very surprised the man still offload him. Looking at the fact that they do have they really need him. I think I think losing Sterling is one. Then you've lost I think they've lost Sterling. I think they lost another player. I can't remember who that player is. Now when you lose somebody like Sterling attack, I think they lost some other attackers too. Now you obviously they're trying to revamp and rev- but I think losing Benosiva might not really be a great idea. So I look at what he he brings to their team. I, I think I don't think he's gonna be a good for them. But then again, I could be wrong. They might do it anyways, and then they might seem successful anyway. So it's it is Man City's word. It's, the word is their oyster, basically. They can do it. Their word is their oyster in terms of creativity. That what I would just that what I mean by that. <laughs> yeah. And lastly, we have Real Madrid versus Frankfurt. It was a routine two-nil win from Real Madrid. I think Real Madrid were were um they were very good. First goal from David Alaba. And then the second goal from Benzema, Karim Benzema. Benzema, um, Benzema I think that is um, how many trophies now? Man, that's fantastic. That's really good. I think he won 30 trophies. On, 30 trophies under um, Fernando Perez in the Fernando Perez era, which is a very good record for Real Madrid. And the way they are going, they are hungry. It's like a job. It's like a job. It's like another day for them. You know, we show up, we do the business, and we go home. They just win the trophy and they go home. You know, and they are they are clearly going for more trophies next season. Champions. I mean, they're going for everything next season. And I like the way their recruitment, their recruitment has been really done well. Obviously, their partnership, partnership between Benzema and Vinicius has been good. But I think a lot of their success is in their midfield. They have basically one of the best midfield in Europe, man. I'm talking about old. They have, they have, they, they have. They can mix it how they want. They have a perfect mix of experience and young talent in their midfield. For example, right, I look at this. They have their traditional trio, right? You got Casemiro, Modric, and Chloe Cruz. Now behind, if you go below that. There's Kamavinga, there's Chouameni, I think there's a third, there's Ververde. So these are these are three young stars, three experienced heads. They can mix it up, and you can be, play, be playing against anybody else. And depending on how they play against you, 
depending on how you, play, how your team is playing, they can bring one on. If they go a good down, they can bring on Chuameni or Kamavinga to switch things up a bit. So they just know how. I think their, their strength is in their midfield. Remember, just strength in their midfield. I think that's what makes them really scary. The fact that they can just chop and change in midfield. Maybe not not so much on the wings, but more in midfield. And the fact that they look really good on the right of the front three. But that's just it for me. But very much when they spoke really got really got again, really got winning the second super cup for second consecutive year. I think one last year with Chelsea winning this year again with Real Madrid. Very, very good um series. It's a good start to Real Madrid to his Real Madrid career. Really got Real Madrid career. But yeah, I think that's the end of today's um, episode. Thanks for listening. Um yeah, hopefully um, I'll see you guys next week. Hopefully sports beat Chelsea. Hopefully, man. I really want that record to end. It was last season was embarrassing. Yeah. But take care, have a nice weekend and bye.